This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Another day, another dollar. You got a raise too, huh? Uh, No, not that I know of. Did I? Another day, another 97 cents. Uh, 48, uh, check that, 61 degrees. Mm. I was sitting there looking at the uh, Dow futures. Down 48, although they were up again yesterday across uh-huh. the board. So good news for those people who have uh, retirement accounts so or if you're invested. 15 out of 16 days. Um, some of the biggest increase uh, on the Dow, Standard & Poor, and the NASDAQ in decades this year so far. All of them are up over 20%. So as long as you kept your money in and didn't sell, um, you've made some of that money that you lost last year back. That's the way it works, it seems like. Now, right? I, I forget. Does this mean the economy is good or does this mean nothing? Uh, who knows? Okay. Uh, stock market doesn't really have anything to do with necessarily our personal economy, unless you're invested in the stock market. Gas prices are going up. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, later this morning. Um, what we can expect, is this going to be... We haven't hit $4 a gallon yet this year. We've been close. Is this possibly the time where we pass $4 a gallon? Yesterday, from the time I went to work yesterday morning to the time I drove home, gas prices jumped 11 cents Jeez, here in the uh, Treasure Valley. So, That's a bit of a jump. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about what's driving that coming up here. Some of the uh, big news, of course, that we are going to talk about this morning. Um, Lori Vallow Daybill was uh, sentenced yesterday for uh, the crimes that she committed. Some of the predictions that we made that uh, the, the the sentences were going to run consecutively and not concurrently did come true as of I, yesterday. Uh, I should probably point out that, uh, as far as I know, in the history of American jurisprudence, uh, no one has ever gotten off a murder charge by uh, claiming that the um, person who was murdered was uh, better off better off dead in heaven. Yeah. Um. I, for a lack of a better term, I, I know this is not a legal term. This is not um, necessarily a news term. Um, Lori Valadebill, uh yesterday in her statement, which you know she's allowed to make, uh, made that statement before sentencing. She's wackadoodle. I mean, that's just the the only thing I could possibly say. She is absolutely wackadoodle. We're going to let you be the judge. That's my opinion. There are a number of adjectives, but I think that is definitely one of them that applies. I, I would put a couple of adjectives in front of that, but it would probably get me fired from this job. would we'll just put really, really in front of it. <laughs> um, we're going to let you hear it in her own words. I mean, it, it's so absolutely crazy. We're going to let you hear it in, in uh, her I own mean, words. Let's put it this way. They may be better off in heaven, but I don't think that's really something that you know you should be saying in court uh Right before you get sentenced. In an attempt to defend yourself. Yeah. Um, As far as the sentencing yesterday, I'm going to let you hear that. Uh, This is uh, Judge Stephen Boyce yesterday um, making the official sentencing. Based on all the relevant circumstances, including the evidence and recommendations presented in court today, it's the judgment of this court. Ms. Vallow, you'll be sentenced as follows. Well, first note, I'm going to take up the counts out of order as I want to address the substantive murder sentences first. So on count two, the charge you were convicted of, the, the first degree murder of Tylee Ryan, you are sentenced to the custody 
of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence of fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. On count four, the charge of the first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow, you are sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate life imprisonment sentence with no possibility of parole. I'll next address the three conspiracy counts you've been convicted of. Note under Idaho Code 1817-01, the punishment for those crimes is the same as the underlying offenses you combine to commit. The offenses you combine to commit was first-degree murder, so those may be punishable also by imprisonment for life. I look at what the appropriate sentences should be for the conspiracy charges. At first, I wondered if they should be as long of a term or serious as the substantive murder charges. However, what I've concluded is that these conspiracy convictions merit the same grave punishment for several reasons. First, the conspiracies in which you engaged in have had far-reaching impacts on many people besides the deceased victims. And with what the courts heard, I am convinced that the conspiracy charges also merit the same serious sentence. So on count one, the conspiracy to commit first-degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception, sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence to fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. Count three, the conspiracy to commit first-degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow and grand theft by deception, sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. And on count five, the conspiracy to commit the first-degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell, you're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. Finally, the court will address count seven, which is the charge of grand theft. On that charge, court is going to sentence you to a fixed determinate term of five years of prison, followed by an indeterminate term of five years of prison for a total 10-year term of imprisonment on the grand theft. Court will next consider whether sentences should be imposed consecutively or concurrently. I generally don't, I'm a pragmatic person and I've struggled with the point of a consecutive sentence when in Idaho life sentence is just that, a life sentence without parole. And I've thought it through. However, when I looked at this case and the more I thought about it, I've determined that because there are three separate murders with three separate victims that occurred at three separate times, then running counts concurrently would not serve the interests of justice because those crimes all need to be taken into account separately and distinctly and individually. So, uh, Judge Stephen Boyce, as you heard there, three consecutive life terms 
the the weird thing to me is as he's talking about this is how how he weighs out yeah. you know one life term Whether. means you're you're not ever getting out you're going to die in prison mm-hmm. the so he but, weighs but, out yeah but he didn't just basically uh, in in deference to the uh, victims he didn't want to stack them together and make it seem like they were all just one big thing that I get what I don't understand is you get three consecutive life pris- uh, life terms in prison, right. and then for um, the grand theft, um, we're going to give you an a- additional ten years. Yeah, exactly. That 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 part didn't make sense. I I get it. it the the other three consecutive was, life terms, which is what I predicted was, yesterday, uh, is that but it was more get. than it was more than three life terms because she got life terms for all the conspiracies too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what a life term is considered, but. Well, in that, Idaho, he, about he told you in life, it, it, one life term in Idaho, yeah. you don't ever get out of prison. I mean, there's it's an indeterminate number of, of years, but let's say it's 100 years. I mean, she was sentenced to 610 years. So there is uh, the official um, sentencing yesterday from court. Um, people were lined up to get in. I, mm-hmm. it, it's weird to me Early. that... Yeah, uh, that they had so many people lined up, so it was standing. They it would have been standing room only if they allow standing in the courtroom, which they don't. Uh, so it was full. There were people that did not uh, get in and overfill areas that were able to watch on closed circuit television. Um, we're gonna. It's it's long, but I I want to give you a chance to hear Lori Valhoday Bill because in Idaho you have the right to make your own statements, allocutions, whatever. And uh, man, she told a whopper. Um, I'm going to let you uh, get a chance to hear that coming up a little bit later. Stay tuned. We'll talk about it. If you want to give your uh, input, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We uh, got to check on sports now. Your first update this morning is brought to you once again by Pork Belly and Cuna. Open seven days a week. They'll be opening up here in 45 minutes. The place to go to get breakfast. Uh, you like bacon? You like biscuits and gravy? You especially like uh, chicken fried steak. The best chicken fried steak you're going to find anywhere. Don't believe me? Check it out for yourself today. Fall football camp starts Wednesday for Boise State. Monday, head coach Andy Avalos announced that two players have already been lost for the season with injuries. Junior wide receiver Latrell Caples and freshman defensive tackle J.J. Tallow both have lower leg injuries. Uh, Cal, uh, that Caples is a bad loss. That was the leading receiver from last right. year's team. Caples led the Broncos in receptions last season with 54 and led in receiving yards with 549. He also scored four touchdowns. Avalos says most of the players who miss spring practice while rehabbing injuries are now ready to play. That includes nose tackle Herbert Gums. Gums started 13 games last season. Avalos says four players will be limited to start camp, including defensive back Markel Reed, wide receiver Cole Wright, linebacker Deshaun Misa, and edge rusher Gabe Hunter. Wide receivers Austin Bolt and Ben Ford, he said, are both unable to practice now, but should be ready for the season opener September 2nd at the University of Washington. The Boise State men's basketball team is playing a series of exhibition games this week in British Columbia. Last night in Vancouver, the Broncos scored early and often, defeating Trinity Western 134-70. to Boise State uh, 6'7 freshman Andrew Meadow scored 31 points and made five of seven three-pointers. Senior Chibuzo Abo scored 22 Kansas transfer Cam Martin put in 19, and sophomore Jace Whiting had 17. Tonight, the Broncos play at the University of the Fraser Valley in Abbotsford, B.C. That's sports. Can I just say, uh, Andrew Meadows is going to be everybody's favorite new Bronco. 
You've seen Slapshot before, he, right? He, he's he's uh, yeah. He looks like a handsome. Brother. He looks like a handsome brother, <laughs> six foot seven. And I don't care if you're just shooting in practice. He shot seventy three percent from mm-hmm. the field last night. Yeah, seventy three percent. You you and can't do I that said, just with nobody in your face shooting at practice. And as I said, five of seven three pointers. I'll take that any <laughs> yes. game. Um, I think people are absolutely going to love him because uh, he's also one of those guys, and only a true freshman who uh, gets on the ground and goes after loose balls and things like that. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun year to watch uh, for uh, Boise State basketball. Um, cool that they get a chance to In the spirit uh, of Slapshot, we need get to find to play. Two, two more guys that look just like him. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? KVI Newstime, 617. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk. KBOI. 623. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get in. If you want to email us, chris at kboi.com. Uh, if you're going to email me, um, as of right now, for some reason, the mike at kboi.com um, is not working, but you can do Michael Casper, K A S P E R, at cumulus.com. That will get through. You can also text us, same as our main number. Um, we told you yesterday uh, about this could be a big week for the uh, Pac-12, who is officially, what, the Pac-9 right now? At the moment, I think, yeah. yeah. Pac-9. Um, this is from Bronco Nation Update's Facebook page. So you, you take this with a grain of salt, um, because this is from leaked details of a media detail that the commissioner of the Pac-12 was talking uh, to about current members that will happen within the next 48 hours. So this is about a deal that they're trying to put together. They have no media deal right now, and that's part of the problem because you have the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12. They're all making massive amounts of money, each team making between 30 and $50 million per year. And Pac-12 has no media deal, and that's basically why Colorado left because they're going to get $31 million next year, guaranteed. Wow. didn't cost them anything to leave. Uh, the deal is rumored to be uh, for a streaming package with Apple TV. That includes Apple TV gaining the exclusive rights to the uh, Pac-12 network. The Apple would also be able to sell rights to certain games to other networks. The rest of the games would be exclusively streamed on Apple TV. So the next year you won't be able to see <laughs> any of the Pac games on Fox, ESPN, uh, or th- do, not this coming year, the next next season. Do you have? I Apple do have TV, Apple TV, as I do. do I. Yeah, uh, the top four: Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Stanford would get in the neighborhood of twenty million dollars a year, which which is a lot when you compare it to the, for instance, the Mountain West. However, it's still way way behind, for instance, the SEC yeah. and the Big Ten, who each team. Each school gets fifty million dollars a you year, said, and you said Colorado's getting thirty-one in in the Big Twelve. In, yeah, um, the remaining original five or four of Arizona bolts would be tiered amount based on past recent TV ratings, so they wouldn't even get as much as Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Stanford. The t- Pac-12 would also agree to expand back to twelve teams and uh, add three or four added teams. Whoever they are would only get ten million dollars each. So the top teams in the pack would get 20. Um, new teams that they're adding would only get 10, according to this new deal that no, no, right with now, league details. Right now they're looking at San Diego State and Southern Methodist, and they've got to pick a third. Actually, they're looking at San Diego State. According to this leak memo, mm-hmm. San Diego State, 
Fresno, Memphis, SMU, and oh. Boise State. Okay. So it's a larger list than I thought. Here's the problem. The Mountain West schools, Fresno, San Diego State, and Boise State, if added, would have to pay $34 million in exit fees over the next two years if they left within the next two years. Now, there, there, there may or may not be verbiage, according to this leak, that Apple, Apple may contribute to helping that exit fee. Mm. Again, this is all leaked information. <laughs> it was uh, put out on a Portland radio station uh, last night oh, of a what? new media deal that uh, commissioners of the Pac-12 are hoping to put together within the next 48 hours. And that is the most kind, you know, fun kind of information there is. Hey, we're not supposed to know this. I don't know, you know if this is indeed true. How how do you have if say they pick I, Memphis? I don't think is going to be because it doesn't fit the well, footprint. Ge- yeah, well, geographically, it's you know in the east. Yeah, um, but say say Arizona does leave and they add four teams and Boise State is one of those teams. You have Boise State, Fresno State, and San Diego State. That between the two of them would have to come up with a hundred million dollars, or between the three of them, sorry, a hundred million dollars. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, not it. Yeah. Even Boise State, time to come up with $34 million to exit when you're only going to be getting $10 million mm. <laughs> doesn't doesn't make a lot of financial sense. But who knows? It, re- uh, it reminds me of investments I've made in the past, but they shouldn't do it. We'll, we'll see if any of this comes true. Like I said, take it with a grain of salt because this was leaked and uh, discussed on a Portland radio station uh, last night about the uh, Pac-12. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.34, it's uh, 61 degrees in downtown Boise. Coming up for you once again this Friday. Get ready for another sweet deal on your way. Bob's Restaurant and Lounge, great quality, fresh ingredients. That's what it's all about, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Here's one of the uh, best things about uh, Bob's, and there are quite a few good things about Bob's, but it's one of the few locations across the Treasure Valley where you can get a prime rib dinner every night of the week, seven nights a week. A lot of places just do it on Friday nights, maybe Friday and Saturday that, nights. That, that, that would be a fun week. There you go. Uh, prime rib. That Valley Kirshner Meats, uh, locally sourced burgers uh, from Jordan Valley Kirshner Meats. Uh, all great food. And like I said, they serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks coming up this Friday morning. Don't forget, you can still get deals right now. You don't have to wait till Friday. 50% off Positive Pets dog training. There are still a couple of those left. $250 uh, value. It's only 125 bucks, just like all the other deals. Half price. Uh, we also have uh, Idaho Enhanced Concealed Carry Class. $125 value if you uh, want to get some training for a shooting. Maybe you're uh, getting a, a new gun. Uh, they can help you out. It's only $62.50. There's a couple of those. And if you're into golf, indoor golf, um, I know right now the weather is fantastic. You probably are not like, well, I don't want to go indoor to golf. X-Golf for this winter, though, or maybe a Christmas gift for someone you know who golfs. Um, you got $100 uh, for two do- two hours worth, it's it's only fifty dollars right now. Actually, indoor golf sounds pretty good when it's one hundred and two. Yeah, that, that's that's true. It does. Uh, they do have air conditioning, so that helps out too. Check them all out once again. Just go to kboi dot com. Click on the sweet deal link. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
640, good morning. Thanks for uh, listening in. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com. If you're going to email me, mike.casper at kboi.com is the email that is working right now, mike at kboi.com. Not so much, so if you're trying to get through there, I'm not getting that one. Um, you can also text us, same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Do have a text message in uh, talking about the uh, Judge Stephen Boyce and his sentencing yesterday. Uh, this person writes in, I feel bad for the judge. You know that poor guy had to hold his tongue. I'd, mm. go, I'd go Salem on her were it up to me. Salem, I don't like burning witches and whatnot. I, I think I think that's what he's mean. If you if you read between the lines, um, you you can you can actually see that the judge was you know kind of frustrated, especially after she made her comments. Which, by the way, we're going to let you hear the whole thing this morning because, man, I I I, I was sitting there listening to that uh, yesterday afternoon on uh, YouTube, and I, I I just was like, holy. Cow, she's actually saying this, and I think she believes it. We'll let you hear this uh, coming up a little bit later this morning, so stick around for that. Uh, another one, uh, <laughs> this one, Chris, you can help out with this one, because okay. you knew the answer to this yesterday. Mm. Regarding your damn near impossible trivia question from yesterday, what had uh, Washington, what office had Washington been elected to before becoming president? Because I don't think he held public office before he was president. Yeah, he did. He was in the uh, Virginia House of Burgesses. Uh, he had not held an American office. Mm-hmm. That at the time was a British office, but he had still held public office and had and had been elected to the House of Burgesses in the 1750s before he even served as a general. So he did hold public office, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though it's not an office that is around any, anymore. anymore. It was basically, it was like being part of the Virginia legislature. Yeah. So that that's why Washington didn't fit under that. Right. right? Hey, by the way, I uh, do have another Casper and Chris down here impossible question coming up in the eight o'clock hour for you this morning. Once again, we have another fifty dollars gift certificate Deja Brew Bistro in downtown Meridian that we'll be giving away. So stick around. We'll let you start working on that question coming up here, just about ten minutes from now. Uh, another text message in says, uh, "Good morning. Where did Rick Worthington go? Is uh, he still around?" Uh, Rick Worthington, uh, in case you missed it on Friday, Friday was his last day. Uh, so obviously you missed it. I'm sure there are some other people who, who mm-hmm. missed it because it wasn't something that well until Friday he really announced publicly. Here's Mark says, I have been out of the country for a few weeks and didn't get a chance to hear what happened to Rick Worthington. I heard he left to go somewhere else. Are we able to know where he went? I miss that guy. He was a great contribute, or contributor to the program. He will be missed. He uh, moved his family to Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. He met a, uh, a wonderful woman, he said. Uh, I have not had a chance to meet her, yeah. but said he is a one, and I'm guessing she's a wonderful woman. He is planning on getting married to this woman and uh, has picked up his family and uh, is going to be moving to, or not is, he moved yeah, this last weekend last to Bend, weekend Oregon. To Bend, so. Oregon. Yeah. And so. we, uh, he doesn't currently uh, have plans to uh, work in radio in Bend, although that may change. Uh, we have worked with uh, about a million people who didn't have plans to work in radio anymore and then did. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> no. 
It's like yeah. It's like that Al Pacino, and they pulled me back in. <laughs> the The only thing he said he knew for sure was he was going to Oregon. He didn't even know. He even said he he was thinking about maybe going to a golf course and trying to uh, get a job at a golf course too. So, um, I'll tell you what. With everything that this guy has been through in the last five six years since I since I've known him, um, he deserves all the happiness um, he can find. Um, a lot of people don't truly know because he didn't share it on the air. Um, some of the stuff that uh, he has gone through in his personal life, uh, but this is really good news for him. So, yeah, he's he's uh, moved to uh, Bend, and uh, <laughs> that's that's what happened. And it happened on Friday. You got a chance to say goodbye. Mm. So, thanks for the question. In case you uh, had not heard, there you go. Let's get a uh, another check uh, update on sports for you. A lot of sports going on, even though it's uh, kind of a slow time of year for, for sports. There is some uh, sports happening as we get ready. Today's the first of August, by the way. We're finally this last month was the last month you will not have football until oh. February of next year. I, uh, I keep thinking about the. Uh uh, prosecutor in Atlanta who said, "Wow, nothing's going to really start until August," and she said that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this update, by the way, is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Chef Ollie there every morning, making up his deliciousness from scratch. That's why it's so good. Get in, you don't believe us? Check it out for yourself. They're open up in 15 minutes. Pork Belly, downtown Cuna. The U.S. national women's soccer team has made it through the group stage at the 2023 World Cup with a scoreless tie against Portugal. That's exciting. Uh, This morning, it happened in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. That gives the Americans one win, no losses, and two draws in the tournament so far. The next U.S. game will be Sunday in the knockout stage. Uh, More than likely against Sweden, the Swedish team is 2-0 after defeating Italy 5-0 on Saturday. How often do the Italians lose 5 nothing in soccer? Not very often. Sweden is uh, favored to beat Argentina tomorrow. The 2023 Major League Baseball trade deadline is today at 4 o'clock. Monday, the A's traded infielder Jace Peterson and Cash to Arizona for minor league pitcher Chad Patrick. The Cubs sent outfielder Nelson Velasquez and or to the Royals for pitcher uh, Jose Cuas. Cincinnati traded pitcher Joe Boyle to Oakland for pitcher Sam Mole. The Mariners sent outfielder A.J. Pollock and utility man Mark Mathias to the Giants for cash and a player to be named later. And they also traded closer Paul Seawald to the Diamondbacks for infielders Josh Rojas and Ryan Bliss and outfielder Dominic Canzone. The Nationals traded their regular third baseman, I'm so happy about that, uh, Jamer <laughs> Candelario to the Cubs for pitchers DJ Hers and Kevin Maid, and the Mets sent outfielder Mark Canna to Milwaukee for pitcher Justin Jarvis. Look for more today. KBY News Time, 647. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Phone lines, uh, once again, are open this morning at 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Went away in on the sentencing yesterday. We uh, gave you Judge Stephen Boyce's sentencing consecutive life term. One life term you don't get out of prison here in the state of Idaho. Right. No chance of parole. Consecutive uh, life life terms. Plus, there is like ten more years because of grand theft. So, if she ever gets out of prison after serving all of her consecutive life terms, which she won't, um, there's more years that she'll have to serve because of the grand theft. I was going to say, so so far, uh, no one has ever served more than one. 
based on uh, some of the comments that she made yesterday, we'll let you be the judge. We're going to let you hear this. It is long, but I, I think this is the, to show just how nutty this woman is. I think you need to hear it. Um, based on some of the comments she made yesterday, uh, maybe she thinks she can get out of consecutive life sentences. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, you no, heard some of not. it. Yeah. Um, we'll let you hear that a little bit later. Like I said, it, it, it's fairly long. It, we'll play this coming up after 8 o'clock. And, and like I say, we don't have any proof that the uh, murder victims are not better off in heaven. Uh, but that's not a defense. No. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, did the... Uh, I know a lot of people were hoping that she would get the death sentence, but that was taken off the table by the uh, prosecution. She still could get the death sentence. This isn't her only in court Arizona, case. She's yeah. got she's got court cases in Arizona, murder murder trial in Arizona that still is going to be coming up. But if you want to weigh in on that, please feel free. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also call us uh, toll-free from wherever you're listening this morning at 1-800-529-5264. If you're going to email, email chris at kby.com or mike.com casper at kby.com the mic at kby.com for some reason not working this morning on the way in 20 minutes or coming up at 8 20 rather this morning chance uh, to pick up another 50 dollars gift certificate to deja brew bistro downtown meridian great place to sit out on a patio just a beautiful patio great food breakfast lunch and dinner for you our question today brought to you by berkshire hathaway home services silverhawk realty question today for you three players in nba history have had their number retired by teams they didn't play for first player was michael jordan who's number 23 uh, becoming the first number ever retired by the miami heat back in 2003 our question today who were the other two players who later had their numbers retired by teams they never played for if you know the answer stick around after eight o'clock you can get that 50 dollars gift certificate to deja brew bistro Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, a group of people who've gotten their fair share of ribbing over the years is those of us who proudly call ourselves weekend warriors we may, we may not be fitness and activity dynamos during the week, but come the weekend, uh, there's no slowing us down. We're active. And now there's actual evidence that suggests packing our projects, exercising, other physical activities into the weekend might not be so bad after all. Can you tell us a little bit about that this morning? Yeah, sure. So there's a new study involving about 90,000 people, and they looked at the cardiovascular health of people who spread their 150 minutes or so of activity over a full week versus those who packed it into a weekend. And researchers found that weekend warriors' risk of heart failure was actually 38% lower uh, versus 36% lower for regular weekend exercises. So both good, a little better for the the weekend warriors. The risk of stroke actually was even lower as well for weekend for weekend warriors within a couple percentage points of those who were physically active during the week. To gain the health benefit, do weekend warriors have to go overboard on exercise or 10-mile runs or Ironman competitions required? <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, really, the goal is to get in at least two and a half exor- hours of exercise a week. The good news is that you know we don't necessarily need to be pushing ourselves to our limits in a single block on weekend time. Accumulating 150 minutes of exercise over a couple of days through a quick run, walk, swimming, even playing golf – 
really provides excellent cardiovascular health benefits. So um, are there those of us who should still try to be active throughout the week? Absolutely. I mean, this study really only looked at cardiovascular outcomes. There is definitely evidence showing that spreading workouts over multiple days is better for those, particularly with diabetes. It promotes glucose control. And according to the American Diabetes Association, people with diabetes should try to go no more than 48 hours between exercise sessions and should aim to exercise really five to six days a week. We've talked on on several occasions in our time together about how important it is for us to try to manage stress. As it turns out, helpful therapy could be as close as our backyards. Yes, sir. I mean, the good news is, especially if it contains a flower or vegetable garden. So what's so special about grabbing a a trowel or a hoe and getting our hands dirty? Well, researchers say that Tending to plants can provide some mental health benefits. Even for first-time gardeners, it's been linked to decreasing stress, anxiety, decreased depression, even in otherwise healthy individuals. Gardening makes us just feel more at peace and content. Not only that, certainly activities like weeding, digging, and raking qualify as good exercise. That is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Moments before the judge sentenced Lori Vallow Daybell to multiple life terms in prison, she told the court she has special access to heaven after she died and came back to life, that she communicates with the victims and they're happy in heaven. She did not apologize for murdering her children. Then the judge issued his sentence. He justified all of this by going down a bizarre religious rabbit hole, and clearly you are still down there. Vallo Bell showed no emotion in court. Her now husband, also accused in the plot, is set to go on trial next year. She didn't apologize because she said they're better off dead. Yeah, as, as I said before, I don't know that she's wrong necessarily. However, that's not a defense that uh, they accept in court. My 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 opinion would be uh, if you think they're better off dead, why don't you ask them? Yeah, uh, hey, would you, would, I I think you're going to be better off dead. Well, she claims she did ask them. How? Well, she asked their spirit. Why don't she ask the person? Right? Ask the person if they're going to be better well, off she, dead. Don't say their spirit came and yeah, told well, me they were better off dead. Like I say, she probably thinks they're interchangeable. So what of it? You know. <sighs> We're going to uh, let you hear what she actually had to say. And I think it's important that you hear her words, not us trying to say uh, exactly what she said. It is kind of long. So coming up after 8 o'clock, if you want to hear her um, statement that she made, which, by the way, she is legally allowed to do, allocution, whether she wants to make a statement, she can say anything she wants. She was allowed to do that yesterday. Uh, That came as the final thing before Judge Stephen Boyce um, gave his sentence. He also heard from some of the uh, relatives of the uh, two children and their thoughts on the uh, case. It was kind of it was kind of gut wrenching yeah. yesterday. If you uh, listen to that, but we'll get to that. Uh, if you want to weigh in on your thoughts, uh, please feel free to do that this morning. Got a couple of emails. Uh, something we talked about uh, yesterday uh, about the Wilkes brothers. Um, 
if you remember, there are a couple of Texas billionaires who had been buying up land, not just in Idaho. They, I mean, they bought even more land in Montana. I mean, they've got tens of thousands of acres they've purchased here in Idaho, hundreds of thousands of acres that they purchased in in Montana. And one of the first things that they do when they purchase their land, it's their land, is they put up gates and don't allow trespassing, even though some of those roads have been used for decades to get to public areas. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that you could use are some of these roads to get to some of these public areas, um, state-controlled lands, federally-controlled lands, and people were upset about it. Um, one of the things that they have done is uh, invested in a company that's like an Airbnb company, uh, except for public land. So you can use their land. Um, yeah, you, I think, you basically rent it for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. They have like three areas that they've opened up to, two around the New Meadows areas, one uh, around the Idaho City area, um, that you basically want to go hunting, you can go hunting. You pay 45, you want to go bear hunting, 4500 bucks. you can go bear hunting. You want to you take a walk, you want to take a hike or a bike ride, 82 bucks. you got to go take a walk. You want a bird watch, 100 bucks. Shed hunting, 100 bucks. By the way, that's not going out and shooting sheds. Like we did, or like we allegedly did when I was uh, <laughs> young, dumb, and stupid. A um, couple of emails you were, in. You were dumb and stupid? That, <laughs> yes. That's unfortunate. What is uh, disappointing is that the state of Idaho had every chance to acquire this land that the Wilkes Brothers purchased, uh, or the state could have, should have acquired access easements, and didn't before the uh, sale to Wilkes. Well, the one thing, they, they have the chance to acquire, but did they have the money? That's another thing. You have to have the money before mm, you do that. Good point. Uh, another email said, I used to own property in New Meadows. This is from the other side of this. Uh, I used to hike on the Wilkes property before they purchased it. I must say that I do not blame the Wilkes brothers at all for closing all their property off to the public because people would go onto their property, hunt, and leave all their garbage and debris. It just became a huge mess with mm-hmm. garbage and parts of dead animals left by hunters. It was disgusting, so I don't blame the Wilkes brothers for closing their private land at all well i suppose you got a point there and once again it, it, you may not like it because it does close it off you know in some areas to get to public lands that have been available all along now this was private land to begin with it's just that the companies that owned it before said yeah go ahead and use our roads to right. get to these these public they were, lands they were timber companies yeah um i, I get it it's it's your private property to do with what you want, but there are people that are not necessarily happy with doing it. Now, we, we talked to a couple of people yesterday who have been in some of those meetings with the Wilk brothers, and we one in particular who has negotiated some of these deals said, these are, are good people, they're great businessmen, they just want to take care of uh, their property. They're not said, at all like Darth Vader, he said. They're, yeah, they, they're, they've negotiated in good faith trying to open up some of the areas that uh, they have ended up closing down. And, and with this Airbnb, now granted, it may cost you a few dollars if you want to uh, use their land or whatever or get across their land, but I guess, for lack of a better term, that is their right, as if you owned the property yourself, wouldn't wouldn't you want to do with what you wanted to do with your property since it was yours? I get no, that, that point now. That kind of does seem right, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I get that point now. Um, I may not like it necessarily in all instances, but okay. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly, downtown CUNA. Check out their menu, thepporkbellyidaho.com. They're open now. 
Fall football camp starts Wednesday for Boise State. Monday head coach Andy Avalos announced that two players have already been lost for the season with injuries. Junior wide receiver Latrell Caples and freshman defensive tackle J.J. Tallow both have lower leg injuries. Caples led the Broncos in receptions last season with 54 and led in receiving yards with 549. He also scored four touchdowns. Avalos says most of the players who missed spring practice while rehabbing injuries are now ready to play. That includes nose tackle Herbert Gums. Gums started 13 games last season. Avalos says four players will be limited to start camp, including defensive back Markel Reed, wide receiver Cole Wright, linebacker Deshaun Misa, and edge rusher Gabe Hunter. Wide receivers Austin Bolt and Ben Ford, he said, are both unable to practice now, but should be ready for the season opener September 2nd at the University of Washington. The Boise State men's basketball team is playing a series of exhibition games this week in British Columbia. Last night in Vancouver, the Broncos scored early and often, defeating Trinity Western 134-70. to Boise State 6-7 freshman Andrew Meadow scored 31 points and made five of seven three-pointers. Senior Chibuzo Abo scored 22 Kansas transfer Cam Martin put in 19, and sophomore Jace Whiting had 17. Tonight, the Broncos play at the University of the Fraser Valley, which is in Abbotsford, B.C. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 721, Jeremiah Bates with us once again this morning, talking about your money. Uh, another good day on the stock market uh, yesterday. However, today, future's not looking good. Looks like, uh, I don't know if this is taking a breath, if it's going to be profit-taking. Futures are down 70 points on the Dow as of right now. Unless, this is why we have Jeremiah on, to tell us if there's any uh, news out there that could be causing this. Yeah, so we're we're getting more earnings reports trickled in. It's kind of it's a little bit of a mixed bag, and it's 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 interesting because yesterday you were referring to an article you read over the weekend on Bloomberg, citing that uh, you know the market's a little bit overheated and that could cause for cause concern. Well, you have Oppenheimer strategists, and they're saying that they see upside for the S and P five hundred to go seven percent or more. So again, you're just seeing this kind of split reaction on Wall Street, but today. We're kind of seeing a more broad-based basket of earnings to include Caterpillar, which is interesting because Caterpillar is really more of a, I mean, it's a company that kind of gives some insight into kind of overall economic growth as far as construction and, um, you know, material and things like that. Year to date, the stock is up 12%. Now, they beat their earnings expectations in second quarter, but what I found interesting is that they warned that they're going to see a bit of a pullback in the third quarter for sales and profit margins. So I'm not, I'm a bit surprised to see the reaction with Caterpillar when they did have a bit of a blow our earnings it was a bit it was a muted reaction it's rallied a bit stock is up about two percent but then we kind of look at some other companies that are reporting you have uber which reported its first ever operating profit um since 2019 uh it's boating well up about one percent so again i think i think investors are just awaiting the earnings reports from amazon apple and they're waiting for the jobs report this week before we see any really big moves coming off a stellar month of july you're really coming off a solid first half of the year now it's really going to look at okay how how do how do things see moving forward and again what I, another uh, interesting earnings report that came through this morning was norwegian cruise lines now 
If you look at some of the top performing companies so far this year in the S&P 500, it's been your cruise line operators. Norwegian Cruise Lines is up 80%. Now, they reported earnings, and it wasn't as rosy as investors were hopeful for, and that stock is down over 10% in pre-market trading. So, again, I think the big thing here is we're looking at the three major indexes down slightly. I mean, it's more of a muted open. I mean, you're talking about the Dow Jones down about two-tenths of 1%, so it's not a huge reaction in my opinion. Um, maybe a little bit of profit taking, maybe a little bit of rebalancing, but nothing to the extent of um, a major shift that we're seeing right now. And I don't think we see that unless we see um, some really big surprise to the upside or downside with Apple and Amazon set to report earnings on Thursday. Mark Zuckerberg looked pretty happy in pictures yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see Zuck Zuckerberg. What's going on with Zuck? <laughs> it looks like, I guess, Meta uh, climbed 11% in July, and that's their ninth straight month of gains. Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about these mega mega technology companies. So if you look at Meta, parent company of Facebook, last year it was a they they were taking it on the chin. They they were they were getting obliterated, and they we all when we were following this company and really reports of what they were doing, they were implementing some pretty significant layoffs, and they really got aggressive with their cost cutting measures. To, to focus on profitability, and it worked. I mean, they, they got back in favor with Wall, Wall Street analysts, uh, big institutional money on Wall Street, and you're looking at that stock completely sore and beating expectations on ad revenue. So, I mean, it's kind of a, uh, a complete 180 of what we saw uh, last year with, with Meta is they, they were they were kind of cast out, put to, put to the sideline of, hey, have, can they continue? Are we seeing this shift of people getting getting away from Facebook? He had all that money going into the virtual reality, the metaverse, which kind of fell flat on its face. And they they adjusted the ship, and it's it's certainly boding well for the stock, especially when you're talking about these this uh, winning streak of back-to-back monthly gains. So Facebook's still punching out revenue. They're still kind of the main spot, and they're making improvements on Instagram to compete with the likes of TikTok. So I know. yeah, uh, Meta Meta's uh, is following some momentum right now. I don't know if you have an answer to this or not, because but what, since we are talking about uh, Meta, they've uh, agreed to a seven hundred and twenty-five million dollar settlement, which you know to you and I seems like a lot of money, but maybe not to Meta. Um, but uh, this lawsuit is uh, basically because of uh, misusing accounts. So I mean, all of us who have used Facebook. Uh, I think it's from 2007 through 2022. Even if you no longer use Facebook, uh, get a part of that settlement. $725 million, is that baked into it? Is it or is this, you know, could be some headwinds for Meta in the future? Oh, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's baked in. I mean, when, when that news first broke about this class action settlement, I mean, you got to look at investors, uh, especially you're talking about the big institutional money and, um, they're, they're, they're constantly looking forward and they, that's not what have you done for me in the past is what you're going to do from the, in the future. And you're talking about the sheer size of Meta, a $725 million settlement. It's kind of wild to say it's a bit of it's a bit of a drop in the bucket. So no, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think this class action suit is going to bode um, as some significant selling pressure. Now, not to say that there could be more uh, more regulation and policy issues that are hitting uh, Meta's uh, growth potential in the future. But for this class action settlement, no, I, I think it's in the past and already baked in. All right. Uh, looking like we're going to be about down 73 points ahead of the opening here in just a couple minutes. We'll get a few more updates throughout the day from you and then talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents.
Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 740, good morning. Thanks for listening in. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-5264. That's toll-free wherever you might be listening. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Gary from uh, Eagle, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. To talk about the Wilkes brothers. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember a few years back when they gated off the Ridge Road above Boise. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. that. Yeah. Did that ever get solved? Yeah, it's 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 still um, gated off. Yeah, and uh, the High Valley Cabarton Roads. You know that one they gated off a few years back. Uh, yeah, I just and there's been a question on the legalities of these closures, but uh, from what I've gathered, the uh, state forest service and that put the problem onto the counties. What do you What do you think? I mean, it is their private property. Yeah, but it just if they can, a lot of these counties don't have the money to fight these gentlemen either. You know, they lobbied big time, if I remember right, to get the trespassing law that Idaho put in effect some years back. The only one that seemed to have any nerve to question that was Juan Colleen, the former sheriff. But uh, it just, there's several reservoirs I used to fish that I can't fish anymore. Because you can't can't get through on no easement. You can't get through, yeah. You know, the Harrick Reservoir. Corral Creek Reservoir, unless they've allowed access to parts of those now. Well, um, that that's something we talked about, and I don't specifically know the exact areas. Uh, there are three of the properties that the Wilkes brothers own that they have opened up, and that was what we were talking about yesterday through uh, uh, an Airbnb for outdoor spaces. So if you want to use some of the places that they, they have, they've opened it up, but it's going to cost you some money. Are you okay with that? Not really. No? I just okay. like to have the legalities on these road closures. Many of them have been there since I was a kid. And to be honest, I'm 80 years of age. Hmm. And yet now they're shut off to the public. Thank you for the call, Gary. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate it. Yeah, that would be tough if you were used to going to the same places, you know, all yeah. the time and really enjoyed it. And all of a sudden you find out you can't get through. And and I see both sides of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. You've you've for century, maybe decades at least, you've maybe been able to use these roads mm-hmm. because the previous owners didn't have a problem with you going yeah, across were, their property. They were timber people, and you know, yeah. Um, as long as you didn't burn down the forest, they were okay with it. I, I get it too. In that, hey, if I had private property, and we we heard the person talking earlier that was a neighbor of the Wilkes brothers, and he said if he were them, he would do the exact same thing because yeah. the people using their property would come in and just not clean up the place, which, throw their I mean, garbage everywhere. Which and, obviously is some of the people. Not everybody does that. But no, apparently but enough. it takes one just one bad person, oh, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, why Why do I want to clean up my own place from people who are misusing it? I, so I get that. It is private business. It is their private property. I would probably maybe do the same thing if I had that problems, uh, I guess. 
I see both sides of it now, you know, especially in, in the conversations that we've had over the last two days. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, still on the way for you this morning. Coming up after the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, I promise we're going to get to Lori Vallow's statement in court. It's long. I, I apologize for the length of it, but I think you need to hear it in her own words instead of uh, us trying to tell you what she said. Um, it, she's just whacked out of her mind. That's my personal opinion. Uh, we'll let you hear it and hear your personal opinion uh, coming up what, after yes, top of yes, the hour. What she says is implausible. Oh, man, it's just, it, it just seems ridiculous <laughs> to me. But, um, you know, she made them. We'll let you hear it. Like I said, don't go anywhere. That'll be coming up right after 8 o'clock. Time for a check on sports. One final time this morning brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Place to go for breakfast and lunch. Don't forget, they have their drive through their coffee drive through where you can get hip drips, coffee drinks, energy drinks, iced coffee, hot coffee. If you order, call and order your breakfast. You can't order in line, but if you call your order in, you can pick up your breakfast in line. Never have to get out of your car. Get into Pork Belly in downtown Cuna this morning. The U.S. national women's soccer team has made it through the group stage at the 2023 World Cup with a scoreless tie against Portugal this morning in Auckland, New Zealand. That gives the Americans one win, no losses, and two draws in the tournament so far. The next U.S. game will be Sunday in the knockout stage, more than likely against Sweden. The Swedish team is 2-0 and after defeating Italy 5-0 on Saturday. Sweden is favored to beat Argentina tomorrow. The 2023 Major League Baseball trade deadline is today at 4 o'clock. Monday, the A's traded infielder Jace Peterson and Cash to Arizona for minor league pitcher Chad Patrick. The Cubs sent outfielder Nelson Velasquez to the Royals for pitcher Jose Quas. Uh, Cincinnati traded pitcher Joe Boyle to Oakland for pitcher Sam Mole. The Mariners sent outfielder A.J. Pollock and utility man Mark Mathias to the Giants for cash and a player to be named later. Meanwhile, the Mariners also traded closer Paul Seawald to the Diamondbacks for infielders Josh Rojas and Ryan Bliss and outfielder Dominic Canzone. The Nationals traded their regular third baseman, Jamer Candelario, to the Cubs for pitchers DJ Herz and Kevin Maid, and the Mets sent outfielder Mark Canna to Milwaukee for pitcher Justin Jarvis. More to come today at Sports. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All eyes on special counsel Jack Smith, as a Washington grand jury could meet later today to hear evidence in Smith's investigation of former President Trump's alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election. On social media, the former president says he expects to be indicted for a third time, quote, any day now. This is Trump's new co-defendant, Carlos de Oliveira, headed to his first court appearance tied to an alleged cover-up involving those classified documents stored at Mar-a-Lago. Another indictment. Looks like it could be coming down. President Trump even uh, thinks that the indictment will be handed down maybe as soon as today. Keeping an eye on that in the news. uh, Kind of, I mean, he says an awful lot on social media, but it's unusual for him to be acknowledging that he probably will be indicted again. Will it make a difference? A brand new poll. New York Times, Siena poll. President Donald Trump has now extended his lead to 37 Mm -hmm. points over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. If the race were head-to-head, everybody else dropped out except for those two. The poll reveals that Trump 
uh, would still best DeSantis by a two-to-one margin. The more trouble it seems as if he is in, the more solid the wall behind him actually gets. Isn't that crazy? And, and you were you were, you were saying uh, yesterday morning, you said, well, I guess he had a bad week. I don't know that he even has bad weeks. I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but he's... He's not really subject to external stimuli like a lot of people are. Like, you know, he kind of goes through the week and he's himself the whole time, whether things look bad or look good. If they look bad, he just says, no, they aren't. It's still absolutely amazing to me to see the support. And when I say see the support, actually see some of his rallies because he is out campaigning like crazy i mean by far probably campaigning only, more than anybody else well, right now basically he's the only one who is he's the only one holding rallies to be sure the the crowds that he draws still to this day amaze me i mean it, it's beyond what anything else you know that you've seen in the past mm-hmm. beyond what biden has ever drawn which i mean he's really not out when he does it, he does small gatherings and get-togethers. Uh, one of the recent ones, I bet there there had to be thirty or 40,000 people at this was dang it, was rally. Was it an outdoor thing? Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was Woodstock, <laughs> as far as the, the eye one, can see. You can the one see. that was over the weekend was uh, an indoor venue. And, uh, of course, you know, news outlets pointed out that not every seat was taken. There were empty seats, like, toward the back. But there were still thousands of people there. Um, by the okay. way, I mean, so it, well, I mean, it was, I think it was free to get in, so it didn't sell out. Yeah, you know? yeah not, he's not selling, you know, tickets. Exactly. Um, in this uh, polling, once again, this is the brand new New York Times Siena poll. Uh, top candidates listed include former Vice President Mike Pence, who was polling at 3%. Yeah, that's not very many. No. Keep in mind, um, Donald Trump polling at 54%. Geez, what would Pence have if he hadn't already been vice president? <laughs> um, Tim Scott also tied at 3%. Former New York Governor Nikki Haley at 3%. Uh, Vivek Ramswamy, who a lot of people are starting to like. And former New, jo- uh, New Jersey Governor jo- uh, Chris Christie. He's coming in at only 2%. You, you called Nikki Haley the New York Governor? South Carolina is what you meant. Uh, did I say, you said, I, I yeah. don't even know why I said New York. That's I just, right. I, I well, thought I said former governor. I didn't, didn't know. I she said was New also York our, governor. she was also our UN person, which is in New York. Yeah. Under Trump, by the way. But I mean, so you've got DeSantis who is pulling at 17%. That's by far and away the second best polling, but still 37 points yeah. behind Trump. I mean, it's fairly clear who the Republicans, uh, or at least. A large majority, or not majority of them, but a large number of them want. Yeah. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here for traffic and weather. Give you a chance to start working on the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. And just a reminder, don't go anywhere. I want to hear what uh, Lori Valadebill had to say in court yesterday before her sentencing. We've got that for you coming up at the top of the hour. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Idaho judge saying Lori Vallow Daybell has shown no remorse, hasn't said sorry for murdering her children and conspiring to kill her now husband's then wife, and that she is still down a bizarre religious rabbit hole of beliefs. 
He sentenced her to multiple terms of life in prison. Before she was sentenced, Valo Daybell told the judge she has unique access to heaven and that the murder victims are happy there. I know where they are now and what they're doing. I know how wonderful heaven is. Her now husband, Chad Daybell, is set for trial next year. Alex Stone, EBC News. So this all happened yesterday. You heard a little bit earlier this morning, Judge Stephen Boyce with the uh, sentencing. Um, even he said, he said, I, I don't think to this day you have any remorse, mm-hmm. unquote. He told her she went down a religious rabbit hole and she was still down there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to let you be the judge. Is this a religious rabbit hole? Uh, apologize. This is long, but uh, I mean, this is something I want you to hear with your own ears. Uh, if you didn't take the time to look it up on uh, YouTube yesterday, this is Lori Vallow. Um, she was allowed to, as, by law here in Idaho, you can uh, give a statement before you are sentenced, allocution, whatever you want to say. You're allowed to say it. And by gosh, she did exactly that. I would like to start by quoting John from the New Testament in the Bible. In John chapter 8, verse 7, Jesus says, He that is without sin among you, let him cast first cast a stone at her. Then in verse 15, Jesus says, Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. Jesus knows me. And Jesus understands me. I mourn with all of you who mourn my children and Tammy. Jesus Christ knows the truth of what happened here. Jesus Christ knows that no one was murdered in this case. Accidental deaths happen. Suicides happen. Fatal side effects from medications happen. I have a different perspective in life because in 2002, when I was pregnant with Tylee, I died in the hospital while in labor with her. They tried to stop my labor. They put me on the table and they put something in my IV and I felt my spirit falling to the floor. I was standing near my pregnant body watching the doctors try to revive me, which took them a few minutes. In that time, my sister Stacy was standing to my left. I turned to hug her and was surprised that her spirit was as tangible as a physical body because I knew I was in spirit and she was in spirit. She said she needed to show me some things and we went to heaven. I later returned to my body. Because of this experience, I have access to heaven and the spirit world. Since then, I have had many communications from people now living in heaven, including my children, Tylee Ashland and Joshua Jackson, my sisters, Stacy and Lolly, my aunts and my uncles, and my grandparents. I have had many communications with Jesus Christ, the Savior of this world, and our heavenly parents. I've had many angelic visitors have come and communicated with me and even manifested themselves to me. Because of these communications, I know for a fact that my children are happy and busy in the spirit world. Because of my communications with my friend, Tammy Daybell, I know that she is also very happy and extremely busy. 
I have always mourned the loss of my loved ones, and I have lost many in this mortal world. However, I know that more than most people, I know where they are now and what they're doing. I know how wonderful heaven is, and I'm homesick for it every single day. I know we all lived in heaven before we were born on earth, and we were all adult spirits in the heavenly realm. We chose to come to earth as mortals. Heaven is more wonderful than you can possibly imagine. I do not fear death, but I look forward to it. I, do not, I did not want to return to my body when I was out of it. Even though my son Colby, who I adored more than anything, was only six years old at the time, and I was about to give birth to this new baby girl that I wanted so badly. I was a young mother, and you would think I wouldn't want to leave my children, but as I stood in heaven, I did not want to go back. I thought they would be fine without me because I was peaceful, and I was happy, and I was home. But then I was told by Jesus that I needed to go back and complete things that I had covenanted or promised to do before I was born. This caused me a lot of distress because I knew heaven was my real home and I only wanted to be there. I was free from pain, emotional and physical. But then I was shown how I would help my children and others in the future. So ultimately I did agree to go back to my body. Kylie has visited me. She is happy and very busy. Kylie is free now from all the pains of her life. Kylie suffered horrible physical pain her whole life. I sat with Kylie in the hospital year after year after year while she screamed in pain when the morphine wasn't even enough to take away the pain of her pancreatitis. I sat there while she cried and I held back her hair while she threw up. And I am the only person on this earth who knows how much Tylee suffered in her life. She had pain every single day. She never felt good. Her body did not work right. And I don't know if that was from complications from me dying while she was being born or something else. But she had a very difficult life. She was sexually abused by her own biological father since she was three years old. And she was forced by family court to go visit him for 10 years against her will. I fought for her in court. I protected her. I tried to protect her with my whole life. I tried to protect her. I worried about her every single day. Tylee had to get her GED because she couldn't go to school every day because she never felt good. She felt sick. Nobody knows this because Tylee, like myself, tries to put on a good front tries to be a happy person, tries to have hope in life, tries to know that she's here for a purpose and that she has an eternal purpose to be on this earth. But I never stopped worrying about her. One of the times that Tylee came to me as a spirit after she died, she said, she commanded me and she said to me, stop worrying, mom. We are fine. She knows how I worry and how I miss her. The first time JJ visited me after he passed away, he put his arm around me and he said to me, you didn't do anything wrong, mom. I love you. And I know you loved me every minute of my life. 
JJ, Joshua Jackson, was an adult spirit. And he was very, very tall when he put his arm around me. He is busy. He is engaged. He has jobs that he does there. And he is happy where he is. His life was short, but JJ's life was meaningful. JJ was a wonderful person and touched the lives of everyone. And I adored him every minute of his life. My eternal friend, Tammy Daybell, has visited me on several occasions. She came to bring me peace and comfort. And I know that she is extremely busy helping her family, especially her children and grandchildren. And I have a great love for Tammy. My beautiful children, Tylee Ashland and Joshua Jackson, rest safely this day in the arms of Jesus. My wonderful friend, Tammy Daybell, rests safely this day in the arms of Jesus. And I look forward to the day when we are all reunited and I too will rest with them in the arms of my Jesus. Once again, statement made by Lori Vallow Daybill before sentencing yesterday, getting consecutive life terms in prison. Was for the grand theft, the grand theft, I think 10 plus years in case she, yeah. you know. You know, th- I'm not sure, but I thought smoking weed was illegal in Idaho. <laughs> um, she she mentioned, you know, accidental deaths happen, all these different things. She never said, I mean, apparently she knew how they died, but apparently doesn't want to tell us. But she well, said, she's not sorry. You can tell there. Suicides happen, accidental deaths happen, all that sort of thing. Well, yeah, they they do. Uh, when accidental deaths happen, you call the police, you sign a death certificate, you hold a funeral maybe. You don't bury them in the backyard and tell everyone they're fine. I also have news so, for... So see, that's where she slipped up. <laughs> Another part she slipped up on, or maybe she doesn't realize when she said she died while giving birth. Remember that part? She died yeah. while giving birth, and she said her spirit left her body and sank to the floor. I have news for you. If your body's going down, it probably wasn't going to heaven. (laughs) That's not a good sign. When your spirit leaves your body and it sinks to the floor. Again, I, you know, I I can't tell you definitively none of that happened. I can tell you definitively it's, it's not a very good defense in court. 208. Or let's put it this way. At least not one they'll accept. 208-336-3700. And the judge really didn't accept it. You know, you could tell that. He thought she was a little, to put it lightly, a little out there. And like like we said, she shows no remorse in that whole entire statement. Never said sorry. It, it's interesting. She she talks about, you know, Chad's wife who also died that she's been found guilty of having a hand in. Yeah. She visits me all the time. We're great friends. Which, and, of course, none of that has anything to do with the fact that, you know, it's against the law to kill someone right. in, well, on Earth, essentially. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike.casper at kboi, or at cumulus.com, um, the uh, mike at kboi.com. Not working this morning, but if you want to get those emails in, you can also text us, same as our main number. Stick around. We'll all get a check on traffic and weather. When we come back, $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro could be yours with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. 
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Lori Vallow-Daybell told the judge she has visited heaven and knows the murder victims are comfortable and happy there, saying she died once and came back to life. Since then, I have had many communications from people now living in heaven including my children. But she did not apologize for murdering her children. The judge saying Vallow Daybell has shown no remorse. And the most unimaginable type of murder is to have a mother murdering her own children. And that's exactly what you did. Daybell, given multiple life terms in prison, her now husband will face trial next year. Part of the case is over. Lori Vallow Daybell sentenced yesterday. You heard... Her statement that she gave, we played uh, very early this morning. Judge Stephen Boyce, his comments in the sentencing of Lori Vallow-Daybill, who will get consecutive sentences because it wouldn't be fair to have them all served at one time. Yeah, it's technically not any different, but he wanted there to be a, a separate sentence and separate, uh, you know, theoretical years anyway for each murder. Um, been taking some uh, emails, text messages in. Uh, if you want to call us up, 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-5264. It's toll free from wherever you might be listening. If you're going to email us, Chris at KBY. I, did you did you get the email from me to test uh, if you're no, Chris? I, at, I, so, for some reason, the ones for KBY.com aren't working. Yeah, so if you've been or trying to get through Mike at KBY.com or Chris at KBY.com, uh, those emails are not working. You'll have to uh, email Mike.Casper, spelled with a K, at KBY.com, or you or can no, also... Isn't it Cumulus.com? Yeah, cumul, either one will work, Cumulus.com, uh, but I have been getting some that say Mike.Casper at KBY.com are working also this morning. So same with Chris, spell spell his out. Um, for some reason, um, our, our emails to Chris or Mike at KBY.com are not working this morning. Um, you can also uh, text us, same as our main number. We got some texts in this morning. Uh, so first one says, that was some of the sickest, you know I can't say that on the radio, um, crap I've ever heard. That woman is whacked. Uh, she's a horrible human being that thankfully will never see a sunrise as a free person again. The only person that she will ever make happy in the future is the guy who digs her grave. Okay, straight to the point. I mean, assuming he gets, he gets, you know, paid by the work and, and not by the hour. Uh, can Lori Valdebil get the death penalty in Arizona? Arizona does have the death penalty. Now, doesn't necessarily mean she will get it, but there's a possibility because the death penalty was never on the table here. Prosecution said that that was off the table from the beginning of the case. So the judge in this particular case couldn't even give... Uh, the death penalty, because that was agreed to uh, before the case ever began. She will be facing charges in Arizona. Could she face the death penalty there? Yeah. Would she ever possibly, if she does get the death penalty in Arizona, ever make it where she is put to death? Who knows? I mean, you've seen how many years that people live on death row um, trying to do appeal after appeal after in, appeal. In, in in Texas, it's different. In a few other states, it's different. But in most states, if you are are sentenced to the death penalty, it's essentially life on death row. 
Now, I will say Arizona, their most recent death penalty was May of 2022. Carried out a lethal injection, Clarence Dixon. So they have had a recent person that they have put to death on death row in Arizona. So it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that if she gets a death penalty, that it might not last for, you know, 20, 30 years or more. Paul from Nampa, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Morning, guys. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story, period. I mean, she killed her own two children and various other people as well. We don't even know the full extent of that. But uh, there was a judge that I was seated as, as a juror years ago, and the same situation was two of the defendants' own children that they um, took the life of, and he called it pedicide, and I had never heard that word before in my life up to that point. And that's what he's guilty of, is pedicide. Usually it's called infanticide. Yeah, but I think it's when you get a little bit older, it becomes pedicide. Hmm. That's why he chose that. But I was surprised I never heard that word. But, you know, she's got kind of the Jesus complex with some people reach when they take the excess amount, copious amount of, of hallucinogen, such as LSD, and they're not ready for it. Okay. And it's also associated with with reading the Bible con- continuously. That's all you read, and that's all you believe. And then you have somebody over her that was feeding her the information about how to believe the Bible when you read it, and then it twists it all up, and that's what she sounds like to me. I mean, just listening to that ramble. Yeah, yeah. It was sad. I, I looked it up, by the way, and uh, infanticide is when you kill your own children, uh, pedicide is just killing any child. So child murder, child manslaughter, uh, any kind of child homicide. And, Joel, by, and by child, they mean anybody who is uh, a minor, so under the age of 18 or 21, depending on where you are. Which both of her children were. Sure. Uh, William in Garden City writes in, Morning, Mike. Morning, Chris. If Lori Vallodable is so sure that her children are now happier and are in a better place and she mourns their death, why did her defense team work so hard to have the death penalty taken off the table? That, that is a good question. And, and she even said during her statement that she wasn't afraid of death and even really, really looked forward to it. Uh, uh, you know, so this is probably somebody that they'll have to have a suicide watch on 24 hours a day. I mean, if they decide that's worth doing. Uh, yeah, I suicide, in my opinion, is too good for her. I, there's a part of me, I mean, I for the heinousness of this crime and how the bodies and the children were treated when they were killed, there's a part of me that just goes, oh, I so badly want this person put to death. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe in capital punishment. That that's my personal opinion. You may not believe in that. Uh, however, this is this is one instance where I am torn. In that, she is going to be very well known. Whatever prison she ends up serving in, um, if she ends up serving in Idaho, or if she, which she will be for a while, um, she'll go to court in Arizona. And you know, if she gets the death penalty, for instance, in Arizona, and ends up serving time in Arizona, she everybody knows who she is. Right, you yeah. know, you know the name. I mean, For she's the got enough part. publicity. 
People who kill their children or kill children don't do well in prisons normally. I don't necessarily think that she is ever going to be in gen, gen pop, general popu- population, just for her own protection, yeah. unfortunately, because I would like her to just every day just be absolutely the most miserable and have the most horrifying experience well, in prison that she could possibly have. You have three possibilities here. One, I mean, just that she's just straight out evil and the whole everybody involved is just straight out evil in this whole deal everybody that had a part in the killings that's possibility number one possibility number two she's severely mentally ill which some people would say yeah i heard that uh the third possibility is she actually had a religious experience and is telling the complete truth or it's part of that mentally ill thing where she honestly believes that she did so it's entirely possible that she believes she did nothing wrong. But, I don't know. In listening to her statement yesterday, when I was listening to it yesterday afternoon, and then again this morning when we played it for you here about uh, 45 minutes ago, that my first thought yesterday is like, okay, this woman is crazy. Why didn't they use that as a defense? And maybe Lori is the client, of course, um, said no. Well, yeah, I, she was, she I'm, was I'm not going to plead insanity. At one time, they listened to her talk and said that she was not uh, uh, mentally stable. A couple times th- th- that she you know was not competent. Yeah. to uh, to go to court. They stopped proceedings a couple of times because of defense. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they always got back to where twice it came back and said finally the final time it's like all right she's she's well enough now to stand to, to stand trial. However, that statement. Like I said yesterday, going through my mind, and I'm not there, I don't know her, but just listening to her statement is like, this crazy. This one's crazy. I wonder why they didn't use the insanity defense, because based on the stuff she said, she sure seems, she sure seems insane, doesn't she? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it, and probably the way most people are looking at it. Like you said, one of the other options is that, hey, maybe these spirits do visit her. Maybe Okay, for, for me to completely discount that, I would have to say, well, you know, there are no such things as angels, and there's no afterlife, and there's no heaven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I'm not going to do that, but it, it still, it all, you know, all of it just seems so very unlikely. But on the other hand, she may believe it firmly. Yeah. It may be her reality, right? Yeah. Um, another text message in, it says, aside from the fact that the whole statement that Lori Valadamo made is about her, she mentioned all of her children, her deceased sisters, and even her current husband's deceased, deceased wife, Tammy, but she made no mention at all of about the brother who is also dead. That's true. Well, that's because her brother hasn't, her spirit, her brother's spirit hasn't visited her. Why would, why would he mention the brother's spirit if he hasn't visited her? Okay. I'm only saying that because well, she said all the other spirits have visited her and said, we're busy, um, we're, we're, honest, we're enjoying honestly, heaven. Honestly, in this particular story, I, I don't expect a better answer than that. <laughs> We've got great jobs. Yeah. Apparently, heaven, at least in her mind, not like a resort. I'm trying to figure out what job. I wish she would have said that. It's like, yeah, they all have jobs. They're keeping very busy. It's like... 
crap. I thought if you go to heaven, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said, a resort, a vacation. I didn't know, you know, we were going to have to continue working well, at no, a you, job. You, I was going to be retired. You probably work and just feel really good about it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get in. Give your thoughts this morning. Feel free. Phone lines are open. Also, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you're going to email us, once again, email uh, mike.casper at cumulus.com, chris.walton, cumulus.com. The other emails not working uh, for some reason this morning, working on that to get them fixed. Um, you can also text us, by the way, same as our main number. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Idaho judge saying Lori Vallow Daybell has shown no remorse, hasn't said sorry for murdering her children and conspiring to kill her now husband's then wife, and that she is still down a bizarre religious rabbit hole of beliefs. He sentenced her to multiple terms of life in prison. Before she was sentenced, Vallow Daybell told the judge she has unique access to heaven and that the murder victims are happy there. I know where they are now and what they're doing. I know how wonderful heaven is. Her now husband, Chad Daybell, is set for trial next year. Alex Stone, EBC News. If you know how wonderful heaven is, why didn't you go and leave everybody else behind? I think she didn't know until she talked to people who had been there. Now that she knows, I guess she just doesn't want to. Text message uh, in a 208-336-3700 says, I don't believe insanity defense is an allowable defense in Idaho. Um, And I just looked that up. Mm -hmm. You are correct. Idaho is one of four states that does not have an insanity defense. Um, Idaho legislature repealed this uh, back in 1982. Insanity defense statute, uh, they passed a law saying mental conditions not be a defense to any charge of criminal conduct. So as crazy Mm. as you are, as crazy as she sounded, um, that would be why in Idaho she couldn't have used that. So maybe she would have if if it had been available to her. I mean, is is that fair to you? If your brain is almost completely gone and you do something that's totally out of your own control, uh, you still go to prison? I think... What they do, and you saw it in the Lori Valadebill case, Mm -hmm. is if they don't think that you're mentally competent to stand trial, you don't stand trial for it. So you you can't use it as a defense, but it sounds like you also can't don't go to trial until you are found competent enough to understand the charges. So say your brain is as mush, and it's never you may never go to trial for something. Is it is it a situation where they don't let you go? but they institutionalize you rather than maybe just put you behind bars. That's that's what it sounds like. And the only reason I say that, and I'm not a lawyer, I only play one on the radio from time to time, is that Lori Valadebill, they stopped proceedings in her case a couple of different times because they said that she was not competent, competent right. mentally competent enough to form her own defense. So, and then... A time later, she became competent again, and then they once again said, all right, she's no longer competent, so they stopped things again. Then she finally was, went to court, found guilty, and now will be spending the rest of her life times at least three in jail, unless, of course, something happens in Arizona that she doesn't spend out the rest of her life in prison. Well, yeah. Well, it would still be the rest of her life in prison. They just wouldn't, it wouldn't, <laughs> end, it, it wouldn't end could naturally. Be, yeah, could be, could be ending a little quicker than she had planned. 
which, as I pointed out, she said she wouldn't mind. Uh, Clay Out West just made it simple, said she should join her children. We would all be happier. Mm. Yeah, if her children were so happy, you could be happy. Rico says, I'm a little dubious. That is like the worst statement one could ever think of making before sentencing was insanity uh, plea in Arizona in mind. One flew over the cuckoo's nest for a different prison. Somehow it doesn't all add up. And, you know, in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, he pretended to be crazy. So instead of being in, in prison, he could go to what he thought would be considerably easier and be in the mental hospital mm-hmm. where they played mind games instead. Didn't work out great for him. No. I don't want to say what happened, because so I ruined the mu- he, movie for you. He started caring, though. If you've never seen it, and it's an old movie, there's one of those old movies you should see, because it's fantastic. It's not old. It's only 48 years. <laughs> I guess that's old, yeah. <laughs> there, there, a good portion of the people who starred in that movie are, are dead. Yeah, there are Jack still Nichols- some of the stars. Jack that, Nicholson's that, alive, though. Man, I'm not sure he's all there anymore. He's got uh, dementia pretty bad from... Danny DeVito's alive. Christopher Danny DeVito, alive. yeah. Christopher Lloyd's still alive. Danny DeVito's still alive. Mm-hmm. Nurse Ratchet's no longer... I don't think so. No. Yeah, she passed away a couple years ago. There's somebody in the movie. It's like, she needs to be dead in the movie. KBY News Time 854. Um, another news story. Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked a question about the investigation going on with Hunter Biden. We'll get a, mo- a little more into this because Devin Archer was uh, in front of a uh, uh, hearing, in the House hearing yesterday, um, about business relationships with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and uh, foreign businesses. We'll talk a little bit about this, I, but I find this interesting because the investigation is, is still go- ongoing. And um, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not President Biden would pardon his son. And I guess you can end any speculation on that as of right now because uh, White House has ruled out President Joe Biden using his presidential authority to pardon his son, Hunter. And when I first heard this, uh, I thought, well, of course he did because so far Hunter's not guilty been convicted of anything of anything (laughs) so why why would you come out and said oh yes i am going to pardon him because that would say that you know he's guilty if you say i if you say i'm going to pardon him when he hasn't been found guilty of anything they made a plea deal yeah probably blew up strategically that would not be wise. that would not be why here's the other thing say he is found guilty do you really think on the last day Joe Biden is in office. He has already said that is his son. He loves his son. He supports his son. Say at the end of his presidency, this current president, he doesn't get elected as president. He is walking out of office. Do you really think that he wouldn't? That he's not going to sign a pardon for his son to get him out of prison? Really? I don't know. Would you do it for your son? No, not at all. You wouldn't? No. You don't love your son enough? No, I do. Ethically, it's not the thing to do. Ethically, it is. A president can pardon anybody they want. That's fine. A president should pardon people he believes are not guilty. If he knows they're guilty, he shouldn't pardon them. He has said all along his son is not guilty. Well, if he really believes it, then. I I think there is not a chance in hell, if he is found guilty before he leaves office, that he walks out of office and doesn't pardon 
Hunter Biden. That's my personal opinion. But like I said, this whole thing about asking Karine Jean-Pierre said, oh, no, he will not use his presidential powers to pardon his son. Well, of course he's not, because as of right now, he's not guilty of anything. You can think he's guilty. He hasn't been proven guilty of anything, so there is nothing to pardon him for, right? As far as we know. As far as we know, as of right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If they don't find something, it won't be for lack of trying. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, we've also heard news. Uh, Donald Trump believes he is about, when I say about, he thinks it's coming this week, uh, to be indicted in a, a third time, this time in Georgia. We'll talk a little bit about that on the way in the coming hour, too. Phone lines are open, as I mentioned, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, 1-800-529-5264. You can also text us. That's the same as our main number. Or you can uh, email us once again this morning. We'll get to news coming up here next at the top of the hour and get to some of your phone calls and emails. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hunter Biden's former business partner testifying the president's son sold the illusion of access to his powerful father. Lawmakers who were in the room telling us Devin Archer said Hunter Biden took calls from his dad in the presence of clients and often put him on speakerphone. While Democrats say the closed-door testimony proved nothing, Republicans say it shows President Biden lied when he said he never talked business with his son. Archer's attorney saying in a statement, we are aware that all sides are claiming victory, but all Devin Archer did was show up and answer the questions. As Republicans aim to tie President Biden to his son's legal troubles, they're also now investigating how Hunter Biden was trying to resolve gun and tax charges with federal prosecutors. A deal collapsed last week in court and Republicans call the arrangement unusual and say it raises serious concerns about preferential treatment by the Biden Justice Department. 906-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, this is a... I couldn't come up with a more perfect example yesterday as uh, I was listening and watching some of this going on of if you're a Democrat or a liberal news organization... You have a certain take, and if you are a Republican mm-hmm. or a right-leaning news organization, you had another take, mm-hmm. and both of those takes were the exact opposite of the exact same thing that happened in that hearing yesterday. Hunter Biden's former associate, Devin Archer, said Hunter would sometimes put his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone while meeting with business partners, according to two lawmakers yesterday. Archer spoke before the House Oversight and Accountability Committee on Monday in a closed-door meeting. Panel is investigating Hunter Biden on what, if any, role his father played in his foreign business dealings. Archer said Biden was put on the phone to sell the brand, one source said. Those phone calls included dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee of BHR Partners, a state-backed private equity firm. Archer testified there was value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board as the brand. The argument was that then-Vice President Joe Biden brought the most value. Archer also stated that Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company, would have gone under if it weren't for the Biden brand. 
But Republicans and Democrats, as I mentioned, split on whether Archer's comments were a sign that now President Biden has been working closely with his son's business deal, something the White House has vehemently denied. On the other side of the aisle, freshman Republican Dan Goldman, Democrat from New York, told reporters that Archer said Biden was on the phone when he was working with Hunter. But Golden said they discussed casual niceties in the weather, not business. Devin Archer claimed that there were at least 20 times that Hunter Biden called his dad while discussing business with foreign business leaders. It would seem weird to me that you just call them up and uh, say, hey, Dad, what's the weather in Washington, D.C.? It just seems a little weird. I'm not saying it didn't happen because I wasn't there. I don't know. That, that's the point that I'm reading on some of these websites. Uh, you know, there are headlines, obviously, that, that say this proves that Joe Biden was involved, blah, blah, blah. And then there are others that say, I guess it proves that he was involved if you believe uh, Archer. So apparently some people don't believe Archer. Like they think he has a motive for testifying. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that motive would be. Uh, He's already either. been found guilty. He is going to be doing um, some prison time. So the motive might be a softer sentence? No, he's already been sentenced. Yeah, well, then that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. That part doesn't make any sense. Uh, the one thing that it would say, and like I said, Devin Archer is under oath in this, yeah. so you have to give that a little more credence than him just talking to a reporter. He is under oath. One would hope that saying. Now, I, I will add this too because I think this is important too, um, it, it, and it's weird how it was reported and what he said. Um, he said, as far as he knows, there was no money ever given to Joe Biden. And he said he would find it hard to believe if that actually happened. Archer said that? Archer said that. Well. And it, it, it's interesting because I think it was CNN or maybe it was MSNBC was reading, reported that no money ever exchanged hands between Joe Biden. They didn't say that... <laughs> They didn't say that mm-hmm. Archer said he doesn't believe that it happened. They said no money ever changed hands. They just made it matter of fact. And that's not actually what he said. He yeah, said, he, well, he kinda, as far as he knows, there was no money that ever exchanged hands between Joe Biden in, and Hunter Biden or the business partners. And what I heard, he, he kind of emphasized that any perceived influence uh, was merely an illusion. In other words, uh, Hunter Biden was trying to sell the illusion that, you know, hey, my father's the vice president. Hint, hint, you know, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like, no, no promises made. On and, the other hand, again, we weren't there. We weren't there. And I, and I thought about this yesterday when I, when I was listening to this. And see, see if you follow me along on this take. All right. And if the illusion that he was trying to make is, you know, that he has influence over his dad. Mm-hmm. And he and his dad have never talked about that. There's, there's no... You know, read between the lines. I'm going to give you a call from time to time. You don't have to say anything. I just want to show that I can get a hold of you and that I can influence you. You don't have to say anything. Um, would there would there really have to be any cooperation 
on Joe Biden's part. And and the reason I say this, because I got, I got to thinking about this as, as far as Joe Biden was the vice president at the time, very important person. So let's, let's take the vice presidency out of this and do something on, on a local basis and think, all right, say you're a builder or a contractor here in the city of Boise and you want to get a, a loan. You go to a bank and the bank says, yeah, we've have hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, um, and we, we're going to take, proposals from a whole bunch of different people give us your proposal and it's like you give them their proposal and it's like oh and by the way proposal for to try and get business to get the loan from this bank all right abc bank for instance to do business in boise and build homes and businesses and 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 office buildings and things like that um and you go now here's my proposal now here's the other proposal Part of the proposal goes, look, whose phone number I have, I'm going to give her a call right now, and calls the mayor. And doesn't say anything about business, doesn't say anything about the loan, just goes to show, I have the mayor's personal phone number, I can call her anytime, we've worked together in the past. it's, It's like being a name dropper. Yeah. All right. But it shows that, you know, is it important, you know, it comes down to giving money to this person or another person who doesn't know the mayor, you know, what would you be more liable to do? And you look at the same thing with the vice president. It's like, okay, this is the vice president's son. I know they talk. We may not have an actual agreement, but I think I can get something yeah. out of this if I, I, I if I, think, I pay Hunter Biden. Whether whether it's illegal or not, I don't know. Like, especially let's talk the builder thing. Like you said, uh, he calls up. You know, he says, "I got the mayor's phone number." He even calls up the mayor, whatever. I don't even, the mayor isn't liable, liable for anything, but I no, think that no. the individual who's doing it, uh, it's, it's either, it's either illegal or unethical at least. Yeah. To just be dropping names as if you have some influence over that office. And maybe there is, you know, the seven degrees of separation. Maybe they, the one thing we learned yesterday is it sounds like, the fact that Joe Biden has said, and we we talked about this last week, that he's even changed that context a little bit, said that he has never, ever talked about his son's work or any of his businesses ever. Well, that's changed a little bit. And if what Devin Archer said under oath yesterday was that Hunter Biden would call him while he was on his business trips during a business meeting or a business dinner, mm-hmm. at the very least, okay, they have somewhat talked about business, Right. Well, I mean, one would assume, not having heard the phone calls, but, you know, it's like you said, why would you call up and just say, hey, I wanted you to, uh, you know, I wanted to introduce you to a friend of mine or have him meet my cool dad. By the way, what's the weather like? Because that's what the claim was. Oh, yeah, they just talked about niceties. That's it. You know, nothing serious. Just ask about the weather halfway around the world. Like, who cares? Of course, the weather could always be code for something. Do you, do you foresee a hurricane, or will there be <laughs> clear skies here? Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to weigh in right now. If you're on the phone, stay right where we're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up here next. You need to take a break. You can also email us, or if you want, text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We have a sort of uh, indictment traffic jam with indictment leapfrog being played uh, out in several jurisdictions. Remember, these are independent jurisdictions, sovereign entities, the Georgia court 
and the federal court. So no one has to defer to anybody else. But everyone's going to want to get their respective cases tried before that general election campaign starts. It's going to really be a challenge. We're really now up against it if that's going to happen. A lot of witnesses, a lot of legal theories. There are going to be a lot of Hail Mary passes thrown by the Trump team, like the one that they threw and lost yesterday when they tried to get the uh, prosecution uh, precluded. And so uh, it's sort of hold on to your hats in terms of the timing of the four criminal cases that uh, the former president uh, is likely to face now. Just, just crazy that... The president could be fighting four criminal chase, four criminal cases all at once. Um, he announced yesterday that he is expecting to be indicted in uh, Georgia for another criminal case coming up sometime this week, maybe sometime today. We'll keep an eye on it. But he said he expects that to happen very soon. That's from uh, President Trump himself saying that. Um, we'll see if that does come to uh, fruition uh, by this week. I know when it comes to battle, and I know court cases you say, okay, they're battling it out in court. It's not really a battle. It's not really a war. Um, but if you do kind of compare it to a battle or a war, um, you know, when you go to war, generals and people in power know that you try not to battle on two different fronts, let alone three fronts or four fronts, which Trump could be battling, as you heard right there. Jeffrey Robbins from ABC News that all these people want a piece of Trump before the 2024 election. So there's a very good possibility if all of them want this uh, court cases, their own respective court cases, prosecutors could be pushing um, at basically all at the same time to be trying to get these cases going. And President Trump could be fighting court cases on four different tr- fronts. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Archie from uh, Eagle, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Hello. Um, I'd like to comment on the Lori case. Lori Valadeville, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to hear all these people that sound religious as how to explain her actions. And uh, like uh, Nate yesterday just was commenting, I just don't understand what goes on in these people's mind, how a woman can kill her children, and this sort of thing. Uh, uh, I trust you're sitting down, and I'm going to knock your socks off. So uh, get ready. I have had experience with these type of people, unfortunately. Uh I didn't give some credibility of how I know this stuff that I'm going to tell you what's really happening with Lori. Uh, I, I was a member of a pretty prominent church in Boise, okay? And one of these types, uh, people call them the diplomatic word is, is familiar spirits. The scriptural name for them is demons. And uh, one of those which happens all the time, nothing unusual, comes into the church. Okay? Newcomer. And you will see uh, amazing things start to happen. They are uh, got a big smile. They're friendly. They attract people like uh, flies in the barnyard. It's uh, amazing to watch. So uh, an individual came to the elders and said, I'm going to tell you who that individual really is. Uh, He is from 
the Church of Satan in Azusa Street, San Francisco. He is the high priest there. And, of course, the elders, we got to deal with this, obviously. So um, uh, it was decided that we'll draw lots, and I got the short straw. So uh, I took off 10 days off work and off going to uh, university and uh, got every book, every piece of information I could get my hands on and read it and studied it because we're going to have to deal with this individual. Okay? So uh, that gives you some credibility that I know what I'm talking about. Lori uh, is not crazy. She is not insane. She is a witch. And Chad is probably, I haven't seen enough of him or heard enough of him, he is probably a warlock. Uh, she gave you in her speech just before the sentence about 10 clues that she is a witch. Number, the first thing I ever saw of her on TV there, we're talking about, you know, year and a half ago or whatever on TV, she was predicting the death of this person or that person. Right there's clue number one. If they, if they predict two, a death, they're, they're, that's a sign that you're a witch? And it comes to pass. And it a, comes a witch, to pass. A witch in what sense? Uh, in the sense that witches are real or that she honestly believes she's a witch? She is. They are real. Warlocks are real. Real as the sunshine shining right now. They are real. This is hard to believe, I realize. She... Uh, here's another clue. She says her son visited her, put her arm around her shoulder, and told her yakety yak, and he was very tall. Okay, there's another predominant clue. Uh, now, now, what what part of that is the clue? If if they come, somebody comes to you and they're very tall, is that what you're saying? If a angel from God comes and appears to you in their natural true form or a demon, they will be seven to nine feet tall, depending on their class and rank. He's very tall because that's not her son talking to her. It's a demon portraying to be her son. Archie, how do you know this? I I get that you believe it, but you say you know this. How how do you know this? I know it because I have dealt firsthand with this type of situation. Now, is it, you've guy, dealt with this type of person, or you've actually dealt with the demons? This uh, type of person, uh, this individual from uh, the Church of Satan in uh, Azusa Street, you know, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay. you, and you believe this it, is similar to what Lori and uh, Chad did? Like Let, let's put it like this. If you have any contact direct, so to speak, hand-to-hand comment, uh, contact with any spirit, you will never forget it. You will never be the same. Trust me, you won't. Right. So it turns out that this guy, uh, we had instead of meeting up with him in a restaurant, neutral place, and uh, 
the other three elders were going to uh, meet all at the same time, and guess what? They jumped ship, and it turned out to be nothing but me and this guy. And fortunately, praise the Lord and pass the scripture, he uh, had been converted. Uh, God stepped into the Church of Satan and, and yanked him out of there, and it turns out that he was no longer, he abandoned the, uh, the satanic church. Okay? So right. fortunate for me, he was not a Satanist yet. Yesterday, the first caller for Nate called in from Nampa, a lady, and she told him what Satanists in a Satanist call, uh, a cult do, and she was absolutely right. And, of course, Nate poo-pooed it. Um, well, yeah, and, you, uh, can, you can understand, Archie, and we're going to have to, I appreciate your thoughts and uh, sharing this morning, but you can understand why, because the, what you described, and, and, and I'm not raining on your parade in any way, shape, or form in what you believe, but what you describe for, uh, from somebody to the outside sounds almost as crazy as what Lori Vallow was saying yesterday. And maybe that's the point that you're making. But like I said, I don't mean to poo-poo on you, but I, I can see people hearing that and like Nate going, all right, this sounds crazy to me. I get that, Archie, and you, you have to understand that too. Thank you for the call. Thank you for sharing the story. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Lori Vallow Daybell told the judge she has visited heaven and knows the murder victims are comfortable and happy there, saying she died once and came back to life. Since then, I have had many communications from people now living in heaven including my children. But she did not apologize for murdering her children. The judge saying Vallo Daybell has shown no remorse. And the most unimaginable type of murder is to have a mother murdering her own children. And that's exactly what you did. Daybell, given multiple life terms in prison, her now husband will face trial next year. Maybe she is a witch. As Archie claimed this morning. Uh, I have no proof one way or the other, to tell you the truth. I will say, you know, if you sit there and claim, hey, I'm a witch or, or a demon or whatever, it's like my first thought is probably going to be, well, you're crazy. However, if you say the same exact thing and you start levitating, I'm probably going to, first of all, look for piano wires. Well, and if I can't find piano wires, right. I'm going to go, hey, maybe there is something to this. Well, that would probably qualify at, at least to you as evidence which is what a lot of people look for in those cases. Uh, Jan in Boise says, Good morning. Could her narrative be a source to appeal for mentally incompetent? Is that an advantage? I see evil in her speech. Uh, no, she's, like we said, she, she was, uh, she was uh, pronounced mentally incompetent a couple of times, but then somehow apparently recovered from that. I'm not sure how that happens, but they decided that she was mentally competent enough to stand trial. And I guess they're going to stick with that story. Well, and quite frankly, I mean, we're seeing this with the Brian Kohlberger case right now. In the future, maybe maybe her lawyers come back and go, yeah, we would like to uh, say she wasn't 
competent enough to stand trial. Take a listen to what she said right before her sentencing or whatever. Maybe they'll use it. That doesn't mean it's going to do anything. And and the reason I bring that up with Brian Kohlberger's case is because of how Brian Kohlberger's lawyers are now are trying everything they can to either lengthen out the trial. The only thing they haven't tried is that he was having an out-of-body experience at the time. I'm not even sure if they've necessarily not tried to use that. Um, You know, because they're claiming, we have an alibi. We're not yeah. going to tell you it's a secret alibi, um, but that's our defense is that he was in another place at another time. Where was that? Well, we're not telling you that. Yeah. Well, you have to by law. Maybe not. Why did he not scream this when he was first arrested that he wasn't there and was someplace else, in fact? Uh, Ed, oh, this is from uh, earlier. So Ed says, come on, guys. Biden did nothing wrong. Only Trump can do bad things. A house divided cannot stand. Does that apply to countries also? Uh, I'm trying to impress Rich, he says. <laughs> well, a house divided uh, cannot stand when, when Lincoln said that he meant the country. So, I, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does apply. Um, another uh, email, Mike at, well, at com is not working this morning. So, obviously, they did Mike.Casper at Cumulus.com. Uh, in regard to the Hunter Biden plea deal, what amazes me is how easily that whole thing unraveled when scrutinized by what appears to be a competent Jurist, are the defense attorneys and those from the DOJ this incompetent? Are they corrupt and trying to slip something past the judge? Is this the effect of the DEI and lowering of objective standards? By and large, a disgraceful example of work product by the Department of Justice. Thank you for the work uh, that that judge did. Or thankful for the work that that uh, judge did. Well, that that's a question that a lot of people haven't. And and by the way, you you heard a little bit earlier on ABC News this morning um, that uh, House Republicans are demanding that Attorney General Mary Garland turn over any and all documentation on how the Hunter Biden plea deal was negotiated, because they said, even as the judge said, they said there there are some things here that are not normal. And now they want to know, was there, for lack of a better term, collaboration between Department of Justice, prosecutor, and the defense attorneys to go lighter on Hunter Biden than they would on other people because he was Joe Biden's son? Sure, why not do that? No one will notice, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. They, they are going to investigate it. Don't know if they're going to find anything, but we do know, as you said, that plea deal blew up last week. And after the plea deal blew up, um, Hunter Biden pled not guilty. Now they have about another, what, 25 more days, uh, to come back to court and say whether or not they've reworked the plea deal again, or if we start all over with the trial. Billy C writes in and say, and says, where in the Constitution does it say Congress shall investigate private citizens no matter who they're related to? Uh, that probably isn't in the Constitution. Uh-huh. A, an awful lot of what goes on in Washington isn't actually written out in the Constitution as such. Gary Nampa writes in a uh, text message, says, Every religion I know of teaches that heaven is better than here. But one of the most serious commandments in each of them is thou shalt not kill. P.S. In heaven, Chris will still do the morning show every day, but he will only have good news, and every morning will be a hometown breakfast. Oh, terrific. <laughs> he just described <laughs> your heaven. 
Does that work? You're gonna you're, um, you're gonna do the morning show every day, but it's only gonna be good news, and you get the home down breakfast every day. I I hope I hope he has a little Nostradamus in him to tell you the <laughs> truth. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Chris's view Mary, of heaven, hometown yeah, well, breakfast, doing the morning show you're not with that, nothing but good news. You're not that far off. <laughs> Uh, Mary says, Lori Daybill just confirms that what we believe is 90% in our heads and 10 or less percent reality. Something is off on that woman's brain. Her body language says it all. I kept wondering why she always looked so smug in her silence during the entire affair. She tips her head with her chin above it all. She feels superior in her beliefs. She made that. Yeah. Um... No name on this one. Uh, email says, it's like I always say, it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. There uh, are yeah, things there in this go. world that we just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're right. I mean, because I can sit here and, and, and I know everybody believes differently. You know, you may believe in angels. You may believe in heaven. Or you may be... One of those people would say, no, there's nothing that happens after you die. You just disintegrate, turn to dust, and that's it. You can believe anything you want, but it still doesn't mean that she doesn't come off a little wackadoodle. Because you're still talking about a human life, not just one. Yeah, um, You're talking about taking your own children's life, even if you believe wholeheartedly that they're better off that you kill them which is what she said you said for instance tylee was in so much pain her entire life that killing her was better for her than however staying alive she didn't say killing her yeah was she better. didn't yeah Being, it was that now she does all she said is now she doesn't yeah, feel any pain i anymore. guess that she never once said i killed them or or, uh, you know, my new husband killed him or anything like that. She just said... That's true. She was giving, uh, I guess, basically, uh, not an excuse, but uh, just her... An explanation, her, right? Well, and I, not even an explanation, just her opinion that, uh, you know, hey, you people are, are punishing me for something that turned out not to be so bad. Uh, another text message, and this was on a subject that we were talking about earlier this morning, that uh, John uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre... Uh, was asked whether or not President Joe Biden would uh, pardon his son and uh, said, no, that would not happen. Um, this one, uh, text message in, just a thought, can a president reverse a pardon? I don't, I, I can't say 100%, I'm 99.9% sure no that idea. a president cannot reverse. So, so, so in other words, any of the pardons that President Trump or commutations that President Trump did when he left office, Joe Biden couldn't come in the next day and go, "Ah, oh, these oh, guys are horrible." Can I'm, I'm going to reverse. I'm going to reverse President Trump's pardon. Can they reverse another person's another president's yeah, pardon? Yeah. I, I doubt that. No, I don't. I don't think that that presidents have full power to pardon or commute sentences um, of anybody they they want. Okay, and, listen. Listen to this. Uh, I I wrote in, can a president reverse a pardon? And it came up with its own question, can Trump's pardons be reversed? And it says the answer is yes, if the president who issued the pardon was impeached, according to the 1868 revised edition of A Familiar Exposition of the Constitution of the United States, a popular textbook by Supreme Court Associate Justice Joseph Story. 
So, not just impeached, my guess would be when you However, say impeached, they would have to be right. con- convicted, convicted right? as well. Yeah. Because impeached just means you're butt up on charges. It yeah. doesn't mean you're thrown out of office. We've, we've had four presidential impeachments in our history, and nobody was ever thrown out of office. One guy resigned so as not to be impeached right. because he probably would have been thrown out of office, too. And I guess that would make sense. If you have been impeached and then convicted, then you could have your pardons probably overturned. However, like you said, that's never Here's happened. Here's generally pardons are irreversible. Congress and courts can't reverse them. But it says that uh, a president can only in certain situations, and then it doesn't explain. You know what? This is one of those things that it's just up for argument, I think. Well, it's never happened before. We know that. Which is why it's still up for argument. Yeah. No precedent. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Final chance to get through. There are phone lines open uh, if you want to get through right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us. Also text us, same as our main number. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Hunter Biden's former business partner testifying the president's son sold the illusion of access to his powerful father. Lawmakers who were in the room telling us Devin Archer said Hunter Biden took calls from his dad in the presence of clients and often put him on speakerphone. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wires. You can also email us, text us. Uh, you want to get through this morning. Lisa writes in, what was this Facebook settlement you spoke of this morning? How do I get my share of that $750 million? Lisa, Facebook users have yet a few weeks to claim their piece. $725 million settlement. Meta agreed to pay uh, to resolve a lawsuit. Ex-Facebook users can get in on the action, too, as long as they meet just a few criteria. The main requirement is that you had a Facebook account any time between May twenty fourth, 2007 and December twenty second of 2022. Isn't that the entire world well, at some point in time? I was going to say, how many people could that possibly be? <laughs> so basically, the second you dropped MySpace and started Facebook... <laughs> Because they didn't have the time, MySpace, everybody started switching over from MySpace. Yeah, I, I think I switched in like two, <laughs> 2009. Um, even people who deleted their Facebook account and have never signed up again qualify for this payment. People have until October 25th this year. So you have a few weeks uh, to file a claim. Um, you can go online, facebookuserprivacysettlement.com. Fill out that paperwork, and uh, if the settlement gets the final okay, which is expected, hearing is set for September 7th, by the way, but it's expected to get the final okay, um, then you won't even have to basically wait. You just wait by the mail for your check. They'll, they'll either send you a check in the mail, or when you fill out your form, if you put in your Venmo, Zelle, or PayPal, or direct deposit, you can get your payment sent. No directly to your account 750 million dollars being what it is uh, is is this one of those deals where so many people are in on the lawsuit that everybody gets about like say four bucks it's probably going to be that according uh, higher than that according to experts once again it depends on because if people go oh well this isn't worth my time i'm not going to fill this out for a measly you know few bucks you and i were in a settlement not long ago Mm -hmm. and, and we were told 
you have to opt out of the settlement, otherwise you're just in it. And so we both are. And I, I did the math, and it looks like we're going to get a check for around nine dollars. Yeah, this one they're they're saying could be as much as a hundred dollars. There's a good chance it could be tri- triple digits because once again, there are a lot of people obviously that during that time have used Facebook right worldwide mm-hmm. because everybody who's used Facebook worldwide is is in on this settlement. However, the only way you get money is if you actually fill out the paperwork to do that. So you get rid of everybody who hasn't heard of the settlement. You get rid of everybody who says, eh, for a few bucks, I ain't got the time to do that. And so they're saying with the fact, I mean, $750 million, you're talking a quarter of a billion dollars. It's more than a few million dollars that they're going to be splitting up. So um, you could possibly is, is this, get is this, triple digits. Is this just for people in the U.S. or worldwide? I think it's worldwide. Okay, so everybody everybody could get less than a buck. Yeah. All right. There's a possibility that could be less because there's you know more than 750 million users mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. But once again, has to be people that know about it, and then you have to say, uh, "I'm remember to fill out the paperwork," or even think it's worth your time to filling out the paperwork. And like, what about all the bots? Are they going to send them money? No. Okay. Yeah, bots well, don't. That's have, true. Bots don't. Bots fill don't, out, don't have bank accounts. Bots don't fill out paperwork. Yeah. Um, well, so once again, not, not very well. I'm, I'm just saying, and this goes against me helping myself out. I haven't filled out the paperwork as of yet, um, even though I've known about this. I just haven't taken the time, but I'm going to. But here I am helping you, hurting me, helping you by telling you to fill out the paperwork so that you can get some of this money. Oh, yeah, that could... And for those of you who are listening, if you fill out the paperwork. That takes money from that, me, that, that so I'm could, a giver. That could be, that could make a difference of like nickels. I'm a giver. I'm helping you out this morning. So once again, uh, thanks for the uh, email, Lisa. Once again, the email uh, or the uh, law, uh, the web page to go to if you want to fill out the paperwork: facebookuserprivacysettlement.com. Once again, you only have until August 25th to fill out we're the almost, paperwork. We're almost out of time, aren't we? We are. We got about we got we got about a minute. Did was, you have an I email was, that you... I, I don't. I was just having so much fun thinking about all the possible riches that we we could we could get from all these losses. Well, I mean, if it's 80, 90 bucks, you can go out to I mean, not an expensive dinner, but you you can definitely go out to a dinner. Hold on to that 90 bucks when they finally get maybe uh one of the In-N-Out burgers opening up. How many burgers and fries can you get from In-N-Out the burger if you get 70, 80 bucks? I don't know. I, I don't you get even, quite I, a few, I would think, I don't, I don't right? I don't even know what they uh, they charge for them there. Um, also, um, here in the last minute, we didn't have a chance necessarily to get to this. Gas prices are going nuts again here in Idaho. It's interesting because this story from the Idaho Press was written yesterday morning. And from the time they wrote the story... Uh, to this morning, gas prices went up 11 cents. Wow. <laughs> so this became old news yesterday. Well, but we heard in the national news that that rents are going down and and Boise as it turns out the rents are going down faster here than they are anywhere. Yeah. Um maybe for a little while I'm not sure if that's going to keep going though because building of apartment buildings um is all of a sudden slowing down and coming to a stop. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway gas prices going up almost $4 a gallon at some locations here in the Treasure Valley which by the way some of the has- highest gas prices uh, in the state, Coeur d'Alene is already at three ninety nine. So um, it's going to cost you a little more to drive over the last couple of weeks of your vacation before school gets back in session. That's it for today. We're on a twenty hour break. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Have a great day.